We are talking travel, Sally Lucas and I, and Sally, um, we are talking about Utrex. I said that, and I'd like to know what it is. Tell us. I'm thinking, what the heck is Utrex? Okay, it's a company that's a division of World Expeditions, which I think most people have probably heard of. It's a huge, you know, expedition-based company, and they've just also joined forces with Sherpa Expeditions, which is based originally in the UK, and they now virtually can offer the most comprehensive range of active European holidays on earth. So what do they do? I guess this is the next question you would like to ask. So they do lots of guided walking and cycling holidays and combinations of the above. So you can do any, you know, it can be easy, it can be hard, it can be, for example, there's a walk and sail the Amalfi Coast. So you're cruising on a beautiful goulet, which are those wonderful yachts, mastered sailed yachts that you can sail down the Croatian coast and everything as well, except this is the beautiful Amalfi Coast. And then you come ashore and you do some walking and then you go back on the boat. And so there's some lovely different, uh, um, you know, ideas in here for you to do. There's, for example, one they're doing to Spain um, is the Food Lovers Pilgrimage Center. Santiago de Compostela. And you're going to sample culinary and and walking highlights, of course, along the original Compostela Trail and in the wonderful Asturias region in Spain. So a lady that's taking this is called Teresa Parker and apparently she trained as a chef in Barcelona and has just had a a 25-year love affair, she says, with Spanish food. So she shares her insights with the the wonderful culinary scene over there and it includes visits to Michelin star restaurants, cooking demonstrations. So as you can see, there's, there's quite a range of different styles of walking holidays. There's a Another one that um, in Ireland that does an eight-day Dingle Peninsula guided walk, and um, it's uh, you know there's a wonderful trail that you can do here with lovely little old stone cottages and rugged beauty of the west coast terrain of Ireland, um, and that operates between April and September. Um, you can also do in the Mont Blanc region, of course, that wonderful you know the massive range in in France, and this has been specifically designed to provide a more relaxed pace itinerary for those who just want to stop more more often to savour the, the gorgeous, wonderful mountain vistas, of course, that that region is so famous from. And um, they walk through three countries in, in a week, France, Switzerland and Italy. And you have a bilingual guide who ensures everything runs smoothly, of course, as you cross borders on foot. And you travel in some comfortable gites, which are the little like guest house style accommodation. Um, and of course, you're all the way along there sort of describing the lovely alpine flowers and you're getting information on the flora, etc. through the area as well. Um, another one is Italy, a guided walk in Tuscany, which would be another lovely one that you could do. Um, so, yeah, look, there's just so, so much, Jane. And I said we've got other walking and cycling ones as well. Um, they do have information evenings, but only in the capital cities. If you're ever in, in Sydney, they've got some information evenings coming up on the 7th of March and the 12th of April on a lot of these particular itineraries. And as I said, you can do also bike and barge journeys. So it's not just sailing off the coast. You can actually do the river cruising with the cycling as well. Um, the Lycian coast, which is the turquoise coast in Turkey, which is wonderful. You can do that. Dubrovnik in the Dalmatian coast. And all of these sailing ones, you're biking. They have bikes as well that you go and cycle once you go ashore. Montenegro, Croatia, um, even tulip time, going through Holland, you know, biking through Holland. I've had some friends do that and because it's so flat. They said it's a wonderful place to cycle. And of course, so many uh, of the Dutch people do 
cycle and use cycles quite a lot. Um, Provence bike and boat, um, the Moselle area, the Danube. Oh, gosh, so much. And anyhow, a lot of these, you've got the highlights of the Pyrenees. You do Loire Valley castles, Burgundy highlights, walking in the Auvergne, in the Ardèche. Um, so, yeah, there's just a wonderful range of anyone who wants to do a holiday but feel like they're not just going to, I guess, sit around and eat all the time and drink and the cafes, which is always nice, but this way you can burn it off. You can still have your wonderful food and wine and you're getting your exercise and the fresh air and just, you know, if you're looking at doing Europe a little bit differently and for people that do like walking and cycling and like it, it's light adventure, I suppose. We're not talking about major treks, but it's it's nice light adventure that gets you out into the wonderful scenery and gets you out in the fresh air. And, yeah, what a nicer way of doing it. Do you think that active holidays are becoming more popular? Definitely. And, and definitely probably with, like, the age group, I suppose. I mean, young people are interested in active holidays, of course, but you do have people now that are earning a relatively good income that – still want to do a holiday and do it well but they they do want to do it with activity and there's lots of people out there who are into active things these days and you know probably around that 40s probably age group it really appeals to to be able to just do something a little bit differently away from the norm so to speak and this is a wonderful way of doing it and you know as we've said before Jane in the travel industry these days we have just got so many options available for us of different ways to travel that really the world is your oyster you can just about do it any way you like. You're listening to all sorts of good things to do with travel. Sally Lucas and I are talking travel today and Assisi is next on our destination list. Yes, and it's a wonderful little town. I mean, I know it's probably, everyone say it's very touristy, which it is, but on the other hand, it's still got a real feel about it and it's a spiritual feel, I suppose, is what you would say, and of course famous for the birthplace of St Francis, of course. And it's a medieval town of about, it and its surrounds are about 25,000 people, but there's only about 3,000 live in the actual little village itself. And it's in Umbria, of course, in Italy. And, I mean, a lot of people only go there for a day or a day trip out of Rome, and I think that is such a shame because it really deserves more time. There is quite a lot to see and do in Assisi. And, as I said, it's famous for the birthplace of St Francis, and it holds religious, historical and artistic significance there. And periodically they'll have exhibits and fairs there, which would be great to experience if you happen to be there when those are on. So you do explore it by foot is the best way to explore it, but you've got to remember you're up fairly high, um, so go slow. The streets are pretty hilly and they're cobblestone, so make sure you wear very comfortable shoes and um, otherwise you'll be out of breath before you know it too if you try and do a, a mad pace up the hill. So I would suggest that you probably wouldn't go there so much in the hotter months if you could avoid it, which of course is around July, August. But of course you've got plenty of beautiful old cool churches where you could have a respite and, and sit down and just admire, you know, the architecture. And, the, and even if you're not into religion, I think churches are such beautiful edifices and constructions and so on that you can admire them without having to even have a religious bone in your body, you know. So it is, I think, a, a wonderful thing. And there's so many churches there. I mean, the Basilica is the one that everyone knows about, but, you know, a lot of the others get forgotten. So you can really take your time and have a couple of days there. And there's some beautiful little hotels that are perched up there that, you know, you just look out over this wonderful vista, of course, on the top of the mountain to the valleys below. So, yes, please, if you are going there, try and go there not just for a day trip. Try at least have one night, but even two would be would be really nice. Um, now, there's a main uh, piazza called the Piazza del Comune, and you can have two ways of reaching the St. Francis Basilica from there. Now, the... Um, 
the street to your left is called Via Portica, and it's the normal and the shorter route to get you to the Basilica. And, and of course, because it is, it's very crowded. That particular route up to the church is crowded, lots of shops and all that sort of stuff. Um, but if you go to the right, which is called the Via San Paolo, still will lead you to the Basilica. It's a slightly longer way to get there, but it's not so crowded. It's not the way the groups or everyone take people guides take their groups you know they take the shorter route so and often there's no one around even on busier days so just keep that in mind if you're there and anyhow you'll you'll go through these lovely little places along the way again until you get to a small church of uh, Santo Stefano or Saint Stephen and um, a lot of them don't even get to see this church and and even just going there for a few minutes. It's another real little jewel, a beautiful little church that you can go and see. Um, but there's many other. You've got the Pilgrim's Chapel and so on as well as there. So the Basilica of St. Francis was completed in 1253, just to give you an idea. And you've also got cathedrals of San Rufino, the Basilica of Santa Chiara, uh, Chiesa Nuova, and that's just a few others to give you an idea. And then if you go, take the time to hike to the top of the hill above Assisi, you can explore a castle called La Rocca, where Frederick Barbarossa spent his childhood. And from there, you can overlook the town and the valley below, which is quite beautiful, and spend a little bit of time having a rest up there, if you like. So, yes... There's a lot to see in Assisi, and of course, you can buy all sorts of local arts and crafts, paintings, sculptures, ceramics, uh, reproductions of medieval weapons even, and tools, embroidery, chocolate manufacturing is there as well. And of course, you've got the um, um, items that can be purchased, the religious items at the gift shop behind the lower level of the St. Francis Basilica. So you just it, it is a tourist attraction, but it does have some beautiful scenic things you can do there other than just the main attractions if you're prepared just to veer off the beaten track a little and really just soak it in and the ambience of the place and the beauty. It really is a delightful place and I, I got a lot out of it when I was there and I think most people I've spoken to have have really enjoyed their visit there and those who have only spent a day I wish they had had more time so and a lot of the history that comes through the spiritual yes, history and the yes. other things that happened around the place well this is it and this is what takes us back and I think as, as Australians particularly and we're such a young country that you go to these places and you just sort of go wow you know it's just, they're so steeped in history and culture and I think you, you just soak all that up you know it's just such an interesting thing to do and Jane if I can just quote you a little I've been looking up travel quotes and things lately and this is in a book or an article Why We Travel by Pico Aya, who writes a lot, but he's also a friend of the Dalai Lama. And I'll just quote you one of his little paragraphs. We travel initially to lose ourselves, and we travel next to find ourselves. We travel to open our hearts and eyes and learn more about the world than our newspapers will accommodate. We travel to bring what little we can in our ignorance and knowledge to those parts of the globe whose riches are differently dispersed. And we travel in essence to become young fools again, to slow time down and get taken in and fall in love once more. And you'll be back talking travel again next Friday. Thank after you. the one o'clock news. Thanks, Sally Lucas. On 2NURFM.